Welcome, everybody. Didn't we have some ladies, other ladies here? Did somebody just, oh, there's Carly. Okay. No, it's the weather. There's, there's like six people that were coming that aren't because of the weather. Oh, and there's a movie, The Genesis. It's the only night for that Genesis movie. Now, the rest of you ready to go? Should we just go to that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the times are. Yeah, it's a, something about Genesis. <laughs> something about Genesis. I don't, I don't remember what. Um, I remember hearing it, an ad for it on the radio thinking, oh, that sounds great. Can you all believe the weather? I mean, all day long, it was... It was like a blizzard this morning, and then the sun came out, and then it was blizzarding. I live in Monument, and it was just back and forth all morning, all day. Was it down here? All day, back and forth? Yeah, yeah it was sunny this morning. I have my summer hat. It's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what was it? Did it get up to 70 down here or close to 70 yesterday? Yeah. And blizzarding today at Colorado. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love it. So this, um, so this Saturday, I don't know if everybody was at, was everybody at service this last Sunday announced that, or have you seen that he's teaching on teaching? Yeah, so that's the Saturday. I'm going to be there, so come join me. <laughs> okay, super, super. Well, this the yeah. Learn how to teach. It's it's nine to one. You don't have to do that. No, you can just go to the the word website on your email. I mean, on your um, laptop or whatever your computer. You can go to the road website. No. No, you just go there and it should. There you go. You're right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's happening this Saturday. Um, in Third John 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically. This is the Amplified, if you haven't guessed. But to be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. Lord, I pray that we would be in good health, spirit, soul, and body. And that comes by aligning with your design. We rejoice in who you are and who you've created us to be, Lord. Thank you for each one of these ladies here. Thank you for those who wanted to come but couldn't for whatever reason. Children, weather, health. And we just pray for each one of those ladies, and we bless them right where they are and pray that you would minister to them, Father, that you would touch their hearts, bring healing to them, uh, peace to their sacrificial servant hearts, and minister life to them as they look to you, Father, that you would bless the ladies of the road, the ladies that come to shine and desire to come to shine, Father. Thank you for these ladies, for blessing each one of them, and um, even now preparing a way for them to get home safely when we're done here. Uh, I, we never know what the weather's going to do, Lord. So our trust is, really is in you. Um, we exalt you for being such a good father to us that we can call you Papa God, Lord. We, we are so grateful to be your daughters, to be part of your body, that we live and move and have our being in you.
And we pray that tonight you would be glorified. Holy Spirit, would you come and teach us tonight? Would you lead us, facilitate our, our groups at our tables, facilitate our hearts to align with the Father and his plan? Teach us the word, Lord. Each, each one of us comes from uh, a different home, a different background. We have different mindsets. And the only way we can be one is in you. And so would you take our hearts and gently lead us tonight and teach us what you want us to hear, what each lady needs to hear from you that you would teach her. So, Lord, we love you. We praise you and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, Ali Meekum was going to be here and share about essential oils, as I said today. And um, yet she had an emergency come up, so she won't be able to be here. I think your son wants you. Did you want the mic? No. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure what happened. Uh, we just, Lord, we pray for Allie that uh, whatever the emergency was, that you would help orchestrate and heal and direct and your blessings to be upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, but something uh, I found out on the way here. But one of the things that was on my heart was, um, who's familiar with the vitamin K2? We've heard of K1 that comes from our greens and that type of thing. What do you know about K2? It's important for bones. That's right. Very, important. Very good. Vitamin K2, it's like, you know, when you go into a, um, you go in and there's an usher there to show you where to sit. If you go into a wedding, somebody's going to walk you down the aisle and, you know, you're on the bride's side or the groom's side. That's what K2 does. It ushers it into the bones and the teeth. And if we don't have K2 in our system, which you can get it from goose liver pate, um, natto. Um, natto is made from soy. And um, eating butter from cows that have eaten green grass. If they've eaten grain, they don't have, as much, they don't have much K2, but the, it's the rapidly growing green grass. And there was a, a, um, a dentist, Dr. Uh, Fisher or um, Pfizer or something. I forget his name right now. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but um, he found that in, in people that lived where they ate butter from cows that ate green grass, that they, didn't, they had stronger facial structure. They had um, healthy teeth. They didn't have cavities. And uh, he found, he, so he went around the world studying this once he caught on to it. And he was actually healing people's cavities by feeding them butter and goose liver pate, um, butter from cows that ate rapidly growing green grass, was the highest in vitamin K. And because... What happens when you don't have vitamin K2 in your system, that the calcium that is in your system, which we get plenty of calcium, we're just not getting it to the bones and the teeth. What happens is the, the calcium gets deposited in your soft tissue, your arteries, your heart, your joints, like it makes your joints stiff. So it begins depositing it in areas because it doesn't have the usher K2 there to help it into the bones and the teeth. So just a heads up, it's something, it, this dentist called it factor X. He didn't know what it was. He just knew that it was something that they got from the rapidly growing, the butter from the rapidly growing green gas, grass. And um, 
You got to say that 10 times real fast. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, just a, just a tip. You can research it. Where did you hear about it? Oh, what is his name? Um, I forget what his name yeah. is, but it's like um, how to cure sixty K matches. Right. Um, and you could also get it in normal wheel lever, but as high as it is right. in the foul that it is in the massage shop. But it is in liver in small amounts. Yeah, right. Usually the um, butter that you get from Ireland yeah. has it. The dairy gold or carry carry gold. Carry gold. Everybody knows the carry gold butter, it tastes yeah, good too. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it in the supplement. I mean, eating a lot of butter probably isn't a good thing. Pardon? Well, that's what I'm saying. You can, you can get a supplement. I know. Right. My teeth are healed, but my bottom has gotten this big. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. And it literally goes in and, and claws out, like if you have it in your, I mean, it takes time, but it goes in and it starts taking it out of the soft tissue and putting it into the bones and the teeth. The body is amazing when we give it what it needs, but because of, of um, feedlots and all the different things with, that's so against the natural design and order, we suffer for it, and, but we don't know it. So it really is, it's kind of a neat thing. You can get it in a supplement. Yeah, I, I take, Denny and I take a supplement every day. That's one of the ones that's kind of a non-negotiable. Some of them can come and go, but D3 and that, and you need D3 in your system as well. So. D3, K2. <laughs> yeah, so it has a longer shelf life, but it kills the enzymes and so much good stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. But the most important thing is to eat a good diet, high in greens. I mean, to do a kale shake, um, get, a, get a protein powder that you like. And I've been doing it. I told Denny I love it. I put some little stevia, vanilla stevia drops in there with the kale, some blueberries, a little bit of ice, and some coconut almond milk. And girl, we are set to go. You can toss in some coffee beans if you want to give it a coffee flavor, and it blends right up. That's cool. But now's the time to sign up for it because okay. it's better rates now before the can of the seeds is dry. Oh, I see. Okay. You're buying a share of the farm and what it produces. Okay. So if it does really well, you'll have tons. Okay. If it doesn't really well, you'll still have enough. Yeah, right. If you're looking to get more organic and veggies, that's a great That's great. Well, if somebody wants to know more, yeah. <laughs> you know who to ask. Yeah. Oh, I lost my place to get back in. Oh, super. Um, so just a little bit of wellness wisdom there <laughs> and I, you know do you want your children if you have children do you want them to be healthy of course we do it's 
the Father's heart in us. That's what he wants for us. He wants his people to be healthy. Okay, well, let's begin looking at Ephesians 4. Um, we'll go through part of it, and then we'll do the study, and then we'll finish up the last few verses together. Um, so verse 1, Therefore, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg, beseech you, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. That word there, beg, beseech, urge, depends on the translation you're looking at. It's to call near. That is, like to invite or invoke, implore. Um, it's a, it's a, de a desire, a deep desire. The Lord is wanting us to come near, um, is what Paul is is. Um, sharing with us here, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. This here is a, a picture of a jail cell in Philippi. And it's supposedly documented that this is the cell that Paul and Silas were in. Um, in Acts, Acts 16, no, I mean, they used to have walls, okay? If you look real close, and when it's not blown up this well, you almost see the outline of a man back here. You can see the head up here. Isn't that something? It's moss that's grown on the wall, but it looks like a man's image, doesn't it? I think, to me, when I look at that, it reminds me of how the Lord comes in to where our prisons are. And he sets us free. The jailer is woke up by the earthquake, sees the doors of the jail open, and assumes all the prisoners have escaped. He then grabs his sword so that he can commit suicide. But, but why? Sleeping while on watch was a crime in the Roman military. The punishment for such behavior was death. No doubt the jailer wanted to take his own life rather than have the Romans do it. The Apostle Paul, however, stops him from killing himself. Then a second miracle, greater than the first, occurs. Verse 25 of Acts 16 says, um, and then and following, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so great that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors opened, and the bonds of all were loosed. When the jailer awoke from his sleep and saw the doors of the prison open, and then what I had just said before, and Paul said, don't harm yourself. And he rushed over to Paul and Silas. Verse 30, and when he had brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do that I may be saved? Then they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all those in the house and he took them in that hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he and all his household were immediately baptized. You know, I just think, what are the areas in your life and in my life where we feel imprisoned? When we take that area and we look to the Lord and we worship him, he will cause an earthquake that comes within our soul that will set us free. He will break the bondages that we have as we, what did they do? They sang to the Lord. They worshiped the Lord. And that's what we need to do within the midst of the areas of our lives that we feel imprisoned, that we're challenged, is to worship God in those. 
And we have to know who we are, don't we? We have to know um, what God calls us to, and we'll talk more about that as we go. Um, so the last three chapters we've studied, God is telling us all about the things. Hey, Kristen, come on in. <laughs> the Lord has been telling us about all the things, all the blessings, the wealth that he's given us, all the things that he will do, all the things that he has given us. And that's what he does before he, before he ever asks us to do anything. He initiates. And he makes a way for us. And he shows us, he demonstrates his goodwill and what he's going to do for us. So the wealth and the riches that we can sit in. Then now he tells us to walk. This is what we're starting to, to learn about is to walk. So and then later... In verse chapter, I mean in chapter six, he's going to talk about standing. We have the full armor on and standing. So here he's telling us to walk. Another way you can look at it in the first three chapters, the wealth God has given us. So we have the wealth. Then four and five, he talks about the walk that he empowers us to to walk out. Then in three, chapter six, the warfare. So we can look at. Looking through the Ephesians, the wealth, the walk, the warfare, and the standing. God makes clear here that he's the one initiating. Because, you know, in uh, 1 Corinthians eleven seven, it talks about how man is the glory of God. And woman is the glory of man. Have you ever heard that? And just kind of go, tilt? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, we've just been studying that in our aspects class. But men being the glory of God, they take on the roles and offices of God in Christ. Woman being a glory of man, that's like the church. That's the feminine role. Takes on the offices and roles of the church. So to say that we are the one initiating to God, we're stepping into areas that's really more like a religion. It's what I've done towards God. And that can lead to pride. That can lead to boasting. Whereas the response, God has initiated, what are we doing to respond to his initiation? This is the, the masculine and feminine roles, the sacred romance that we see throughout the Bible. And understanding that we're a little part, we're a picture of that. We're picturing the feminine side of what God has initiated, all the wealth that he's given us, and how we're to respond to it. Just to understand a little bit about the design that we take for granted. You know, I think sometimes dogs figure out this whole male and female thing before humans do. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing they want to know when they meet each other. Um, and now we have, what, 30, 40, 50 different genders that we're calling? I, I don't get it. Um, You know, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more, no matter what works we do. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. He loves you no matter what. Even when you blow it, even when you mess up, he loves you. <clears throat> you know, our works really are like filthy rags to God. And so understanding how much he loves you gives you a subtleness in your heart that no matter the great things you've done doesn't affect his love for you any more than your mess-ups. 
affect his love for you. This is, our, this is the God that we worship. This is who we're created in the image of. That's why we can love. I have four kids. Some of them has caused more challenge than others. The ones that have caused challenge have helped me grow more. I probably have more gray air because of that. <laughs> but that's okay. Highlights, lowlights, you know, it works. <laughs> but this is, this is how we can love all of our kids the same. They're all different. And they all have different personalities. But even the grief they cause us doesn't change our love. It may affect the relationship just because they're distant. But it doesn't change our heart for wanting to have them close to us. I had a mom tell me recently, she was talking to her teenage son, and he was, he didn't want to pray together before bed, and, you know, he's wanting to be older and more independent and, um, and not talking as much to his mom. And, and um, she just said, you know, because it just happened like this. It wasn't something they kind of eased into. And she says, you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I... I want to give you that space. It's just, I'm, it's, it's I, I'm just not, it's hard for me because I want to have that relationship with you and pray together. So, um, but I do want to give you your space. And he came back after about two weeks and he says, you know, I'd, I'd really like that praying before bed again. And, and, and he's just started talking with his mom more, you know. God wants to give us our space. He loves us. And we love our kids all the same. Some give us more challenges than others. Right, Corinne? <laughs> but we love them all the same. And we get that from God. Um, the point is, it's not the good things we've done or the bad things we've done. Either one we can get tripped up on. It's getting our focus on the Lord. And what we do, we do is under the Lord, not to try to get his love, not to try to get his forgiveness. You already have it. You already have it. Um, Saturday, I was talking about different supplements and stuff. There was something that I started on uh, in 2009 to help with my hot flashes. And it helped with my hot flashes. It helped uh, with my hormonal. I found it helping with my, some of my hormonal swings and um, PMS type thing. I would rebuke it. I didn't, you know, that... I have more control over my emotions than that, you know. <laughs> and so anyhow, I had gone off of it and uh, after I'd been on it about nine months. And then he said, do you think, do you think it might be a good idea if you got back on that? <laughs> you know, that's treading on thin ice, you know, for a man to even bring up something like that. And I said, you know, I was thinking the same thing, so I got back on it and things leveled out. But for, I'd, it, maybe this is TMI, but I'd been a year without, um, without a, a cycle. And then when I started it, I had a full-blown cycle. That's, it's, it, that's what it does. It, it um, turns on hormones that turn off as you age. And so anyhow, I, I was on it. You're pregnant. Yeah. I was waiting. I was going to show the sonogram. <laughs> so anyhow, I went off of it then went back on it, and um, that would have been a year later, I had a half cycle. That's great. That's two years after having a full, having my regular cycle. So anyhow, I just said to me, it really does do something. So I've been on it for eight years. Um, so I thought, it's called reverse age. 
So I started going off of it, just titrating down. Well, Saturday, Friday, I was just felt anxious. I'm not putting anything together. And Friday night, I'd ordered something that we needed, and I, picked, I tried to pick it up. They couldn't. Anyhow, I got some bad news, and I was just frustrated. And then Saturday, I was just feeling kind of anxious, and I don't know, not myself. And Denny said something, and I don't even know what it was all about, but we got in an argument. And I got frustrated, and I kicked the counter, you know, and hurt my toe. And, <laughs> and then... I, I said, I just need to go have time in the Word. So I went out um, to a lake, and I opened my Bible to Ephesians 4 to study. And I was going to do the five simple steps Bible study. And, you know, the first four verses of Ephesians 4 um, was quite poignant and quite convicting. And so um, went back home and <laughs> just tried to do that after you've blown it. <laughs> and so I went home and apologized and he apologized for his part and, you know, that was great. And then I, uh, I just, it, it dawned on me while I was out there that I had been coming off of the reverse age. And I thought, I haven't felt like this for eight years. That was what put me back on it eight years ago. And, I, you know, yesterday I said, what would our marriage have been like had I not found that? Maybe I would have found something else. I don't know. But it's very, it's very good for your whole body. Um, and I just thought how the Lord works and how he provides for us when we cry out to him and when we ask him and we seek and we ask and we knock, he supplies. So anyhow, I had to forgive myself. You know, sometimes it's easier to forgive somebody else than ourselves, but it's important for us to receive his forgiveness, to know that no matter what we do, whether good or bad, it doesn't change his love for us. It doesn't change his forgiveness for us. It helps us to stay humble. It helps us to grow and learn. It helps us to realize our humanity, and it helps us to be able to understand what other people are going through. Um, so anyhow, verse 1, you've been called by God, and Paul urges us to live like a saint, not the devil. That's our old nature. How do we do that? How do we live worthy of our calling? Well, right there in verse 2, by being humble and gentle. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Um. You know, the word patient there, if you look it up it, in the Greek, it means cheerful perseverance. Cheerful perseverance. Not begrudgingly, not complainingly, but cheerful perseverance. No snarly, right? <laughs> Well, you'll have to share the spotlight with me too, sweetheart. <laughs> Cheerful with our children, with the people marching in the streets, with our spouse, with all these different areas. To be, have cheerful endurance. That's patience with one another. Has anybody heard the story about the little boy that was in New York? And he 
he got lost, and he, this was back in payphone days, he calls his mom, and she, he tells her that she's, he's lost. And she says, well, where are you? And he looks out, and he said, the sign says I'm at the corner of walk and don't walk. <laughs> Not going to help a lot. Well, that's kind of where we are here. If you look at verse 1, it's telling us how to walk. In verse 17, we'll get to it more later, but there it's telling us how not to walk. So we're kind of at the corner of walk and don't walk, right? How are we going to walk? Are we going to walk according to what, how God tells us to walk, to be humble and gentle and patient? Or are we going to walk according to the world? So... Um, Always, if you look at that word, always be humble and gentle. If you add another L and hyphenate it, all ways. In all of our ways, not just always, time, but in all ways in how we act, always be humble and gentle. Now, are we all going to do that perfectly? No, but that can be, that's what Christ does. And that's what we're being conformed in the image of. Always be humble and gentle. You know, what empowers us to be humble and gentle is God's love. And it's not just knowing that God loves us. We have to be able to realize that love and embrace it. Because if it's, you can't give something away that's not yours, right? That would be like stealing and passing on to somebody else or something. You have to receive it yourself before you can give it away. And once we receive it, then it's so much easier to give away. And then it says, uh, there's, a, there's a quote. Has anybody heard this quote? The greatest test of our character is, when, is what we do with another person's sin. The greatest test of our character is what we do with another person's sin. That's something to think about. I mean, yeah, it's pretty easy to get along and forgive people if there's nobody around you. I mean, you just, you don't have as many issues that happen, right? Uh, Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Um, in the word effort, we find the word fort. If you look at E-F-F-O-R-T, effort, the last four letters of that is a fort. This is like making a fort for your relationships whom the Holy Spirit is the ruler of. It is only in Christ with the rulership of the Holy Spirit that we're able to be bound together with peace. So this is why it's so important to be seeking effort, uh, seeking after the Lord and binding yourselves together with peace. This makes a fort for your marriage, for your friendship, for your family, is that peace. I thought, you know, in this day and time, we have people, there's um, different polit political views, there's different um, religious views, there's different denominations, there's different ways of eating, I mean, I was helping my daughter fold laundry. There's different ways to fold laundry. You know, a lot of it depends on the space you have and the drawer that it fits in. So you find creative ways to fold things to make it fit. <laughs> um, 
and then when you have all these little clothes, you know, a newborn, and they, they're hard to fold anyhow. I felt like every one of them. And then when I was helping her, uh, two of the kids, she was exiting the smaller size and moving into the larger size. So it, it was a complex folding night, day. <laughs> I felt like every item I had to ask her, this one? So there's different ways to fold. But you know what? In all these differences, we can still seek peace. We can still build bridges as far as it is up to us. Try to make peace. Try to bind ourselves together with peace. Um, in verses 5 and 6, it says, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. You know, we really don't need all the different denominations. We really don't need that are made by people, made by man. Um, but to be thankful to the God who is over all and in all. It's, he works in them and through them, of course, which we're very thankful for. But if it, it's just the different opinions that people have. And they divide over those different opinions. So uh, the more we can come together in the unity and the bond of peace, the less division we have. Um, verses 7 and 8. However, he has given each one of us a specific gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. That's really, you know, Jesus led, he led the way for all of us as captives. He led that way. He went and he, he's handing out gifts. And what kind of gifts does he hand out? Good ones? Yeah. No. Or scorpions. The kind that express, I was thinking about this, and I wrote down the kind that express who he's made us to be and the kind that expresses what he's called us to do in him. So these gifts that he's handing out, which he talks about in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He gave gifts that didn't necessarily have a monetary value, but they had an identity value. It had to do with your who and your do, who, who you were in Christ and what he called you to do. These are the gifts that he gives. I think some of the greatest um, gifts that Denny and I have gotten at Christmas time were gifts that, that um, were for the whole family to go do something together, to go have a movie and a dinner night or something like that. You know, it has to do, it's not just a monetary gift. It creates a, it, it creates a memory. Here he's creating, he's, he's, he's answering the question of identity here by giving us jobs that fulfill them. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers and the pastors and teachers. And, um, you know, these are, these are amazing gifts. And then there's gifts that he gives in other parts of the Bible. It talks about other gifts. And at the end of this, we're going to do a spiritual gifts test um, for whoever wants to come, whether you've come to shine or not. But it's just kind of fun so that you know more about what your spiritual gifts are to where to plug them in. Um, 
Now, in verse 12 and 14, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do this work and build up the church, the body of Christ. He calls, here he's calling the leaders to feed the sheep, not beat the sheep. If, you, if, you're, if you've ever gone to a church where the pastor beats the sheep and tells them how wrong they are and what they've done and what's bad and <laughs> all the negatives and, and why didn't you bring somebody that needed to receive the Lord or whatever, uh, that's really not what God calls the pastor to do. He calls the pastor to feed the sheep. Um, this will continue until we all, in verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's a tall order. Isn't that what every good-hearted parent wants for their child? To grow up in the full and complete design like Christ. To have unity and with their siblings and not fight. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, was, I was at a shower re recently and I was talking to one of the moms and we have adult children and um, we were talking about, you know, the different challenges, some of the different challenges we've had and yet how God has worked in the midst of them. And when we first, uh, maybe y'all felt this way but it's like I'm going to do everything right I'm going to be a great mom I'm going to I'm going to pray for them I'm going to teach them the Bible I'm going to teach them in the way they should go so when they're old they won't depart from it and I feel like I blew it on every different account <laughs> but you know God's grace comes in and he redeems and he ministers to and just like each one of you have a story each one of our kids have a story nobody has a perfect home not even Jesus you know and you think God is the perfect father. Well, look at humanity. <laughs> it's okay. This is part of the story. That's what Jesus came for. Um, and it says in verse 14, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever it sounds like the truth. Do you ever listen to some of the things that people say that they believe just in the political realm and it's like you're a sensible person how can you think that I mean even just take the abortion issue you can see the baby moving in there you can see the brain you, you can see on brain scans you can see this is a person in there and to yet say that a mother can take that life it's no different than walking over to the next room and taking the life of a toddler or an adult. And I think, you seem like such a reasonable person. Why don't you see this? Well, it's, it's the God of this world that blinds their eyes. Uh, I think it was, is it Pennsylvania that mm -hmm. banned abortion after 20 weeks? And there's such an outcry against it, how it's against our Constitution, against humanity, whatever. Yeah. The words are so ignorant. Yeah. When we get selfish, and that's really what abortion is, in a few cases, it, I don't think anymore it can be that you don't know. I mean, I think everybody knows at whatever stage of life or level they are at. But when we get selfish, we, we run over wisdom. We run over truth. And uh, I should send this link out. Linda Stanky sent me this link uh, from one of the 
writers at Focus on the Family that the women, the, the, the founding mothers of feminism, that these women would, that they are, they would have, they were against abortion then, and they would be against abortion now. They wouldn't have marched in the streets. That's kind of it came out after the all the women marching in the streets, and saying that these women that started feminism, that they oftentimes say that they're following after, would not agree with their stance. They are for women's rights. They were for equal pay, for equal work. They were for these different things, but for abortion, they would they would stand toe to toe and say no. We do, not, we do not stand for abortion. So when we get selfish, we lose all wisdom and all sense. If you think of it this way, it was Satan's idea. Sure, to kill the image of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how... He just used the women to do it, just like in the beginning. Just like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's a defeminization that happens mm-hmm. with, uh, with fe- the feminist movement. Um, Mm-hmm. You don't even hear. You don't even think equal pay anymore. Oh no. You think abortion? Yeah, it's, that's true. It's yeah, and there's not a. It's not a. A um. What was it when they were burning their bras? There was there was a real agenda. There was the feminist movement, but you know what? Now there is no more feminist movement. It's just ingrained in the culture. It's ingrained in the men and women. It's ingrained in our our little ones now. So you have to know God's word and know how to teach them what God's design is and why it's that way so that they can have understanding. And I mean, I don't even know if people think about feminism. It's like burn your bra and have sex. Yeah, right. right. And, and destroy your life. And it's the opposite of what we should be doing. And we tend to think, naturally we think, well, that's freedom. is right. <laughs> we have the freedom to, but it, it leads to bondage. It really does. So... Um, when we are divided, we act immature. We get tossed and blown because we are ruled by our feelings and emotions, easily deceived because we don't know or don't remember the truth. That's what happens when we... Um, has anybody here ever done something that they knew was wrong to do? <laughs> right. And what is it that usually a lot of times it's emotions a lot of times it's desire it's running over the wisdom that we know that james tells us to do to do that which you know to do um that's why we have to keep our focus back on the lord allowing him to heal us so that we don't become these emotional people that are led forth by feelings i mean it's exactly yeah (laughs) yeah mimi has iitis so um Hey, can y'all believe Pastor Steve's message Sunday? We did not talk. I had never heard the word La Cena de Vida before last Thursday morning. Steve and I hadn't talked about that. And he's sitting there. I'm, Denny's nudging me, and I'm nudging him, and Jan's next to me, and Denny's telling me, shh, you and Jan, I'm going to have to split you two up, you know. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. And I told, I told Steve afterwards, I said, that was just such a divine, because I lost my notes last week. And I said, God, what, what are you doing here? Because I called Mac, and I couldn't get him back, and Mac couldn't get him back. Uh, anyhow. And uh, that's when I was up till 2.30 last Wednesday night. 
And the Lord gave me this thing. He kept reminding me of being at the Anne Graham Lots. Well, I, that's basically what she does. I had never heard of it before. And I was talking to Pam um, uh, Doyon last Thursday morning in prayer. And I told her what the Lord had given me. And she said, well, is that, is, is that Lucia DeVita? And I'm like, what? Interpretation, please. I'd never heard of it. It's Latin. And so, anyhow, Lucido Divina. Pastor Steve said, the Lucido Divina is a way, an ancient but powerful method for the word becoming flesh within us. John said of Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But in a true sense, this is what the word does in our life too. We become the incarnation of God's word. As we eat the word, it becomes us. The word of God becomes our flesh. We begin to embody the word. It doesn't mean we become God, but we become more God-like. Does that make sense? The, pardon? Is that number four? Number On four. List, you know, oh. Read the word meditation. Oh, meditatio. Um, uh, this was down here somewhere. I don't, I'm not sure. I just... And then it says, the word becomes flesh in us. We are not just reading the word. We are metabolizing the word into us. And we are becoming the word to the world. You've heard that saying that you may be the only Bible someone reads. Yeah, it is. That's why we have to keep our focus on the Lord. You may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. You are the word. You are the word of God. Eating the word, having Christ in you. You're in Christ. He's in you. That you are the word to those around you. I keep pointing them to Jesus because <laughs> he is the word. I've been told talking to my mother. I was telling her the weather and seventy, and she's like, global warming. And I go, yeah. hurricane. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not global warming today or tomorrow. So this is where we lay it out before the Lord, Steve says, what we've meditated upon and cry out to God to change us, transform us, asking him to change our speech, change our thinking, change our habits, the word becoming flesh. We are most ourselves when we pray. But how do we know how to pray? And I love the quote by Eugene Peterson. He's the one who wrote, he'd written, he's written a lot of books, but he also wrote the Message Bible, if you're familiar with that. Well... He didn't really write it. He interpreted it. It's, uh, it's, not a, it's not a translation. It's a, what do you call it? A paraphrase. Thank you. A paraphrase is put together. Yeah. Like a story. Well, yeah, exactly. Eugene Peterson writes, The scriptures read, read and prayed are our primary and normative access to God as he reveals himself to us. The scriptures are our listening post for learning the language of the soul, the ways God speaks to us. They also provide the vocabulary that are appropriate for us as we, in our turn, speak to God. Now, y'all get to do some metabolizing of the word here. On your sheets you have there, so we'll take like the next 25 minutes or so, and you can go through those verses like we did last time. I guess, um, is there an extra sheet? To go through, um, there were a couple who weren't here last week. It's uh, the same, the five system that, uh, that we did last week. Yeah, it's just the verses for chapter four. So you'll go through, uh, the verses are right there. It's the New Living Translation, uh, verses 15 to 24. So you just go through each one and do the, 
Read God's word. So this is your finger, your index finger. Read God's word. What does it say? Don't paraphrase, just the facts. Then what does it mean? Okay. The third one is what does it mean? And the fourth one, what does it mean to you? So, and then the fifth one, you add the thumb to these and you, it's your, your application. What do you, what's the Holy Spirit leading you in to apply to your life? So go ahead and just one of you pray out in your groups and ask for the Lord to reveal this to you as you go through. Okay. Okay. What do y'all think? Did y'all get through it? I need to put fewer verses, don't I? We need to have fewer verses. We just concluded. <laughs> uh, good night, Paula. Safe travels home. So what was the takeaway? Okay. Well, that number, I realized the, on the number two says um, list out, well, no, number three, where it says, um, what does it mean? Learn the lessons or spiritual principle from the facts. So you ask yourself the question of what it is, and then you just write down the, the kind of the lesson you get from it, the principle, the spiritual principle from it. So you ask yourself a question. You're not necessarily writing the question down. That's not real clear in here. I need to reword it. So sorry about that. Yes. Well, the five things is what helps me remember. Um, so what was, uh, what was some takeaways that you had? At your table. What was kind of an aha moment here? Um, that God creates work for us to do. And if we grow in Christ and like Christ, we will grow in love to teach your people love and help your church grow. Wow. That's, that's a, it's when we metabolize that and I take that into our, it's not just for somebody else to do, but this is for our part to do. Um, that's really, it helps to get it down into Breaking it down to step by step, how we live it out. Uh, what, what did anything an aha moment here? Well, Metabolization. Speaking the truth to help is intentional. Mm. It doesn't come naturally, does it? Sometimes just speaking the truth doesn't come naturally, much less speaking it in love. <laughs> I can speak the truth, <laughs> but it's. Truthful. Yeah. That's a really good. That's so true. Yeah, especially in this day and time, because if you say something somebody doesn't agree with, then then that you don't love them. Because if you don't you don't agree with what they're doing, then to them that means you don't love them. So anything. Yeah. Yeah. What about back here, Carly, Melissa? Any takeaways there? Any April? What was was an aha moment at your table? Oh, we're not on any one. I'm just doing a takeaway. We're winding down here just because it's it's eight. What was? Right. Yeah. And it's so easy to fall into that. I mean, even knowing the Lord, it's easy to fall into that. It's like nothing's changed, really. What do you mean? From beginning, from then to now. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's the human nature. It doesn't matter whether they have McDonald's or they have computers or not. The human nature is there um, wanting to move towards the fallen. Uh, yeah. 
Any other nuggets? Did you all hear that? If you can't speak truth and love, just shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Be quiet. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So in verse 22 and 24, throw off the sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Ladies, we've got to throw off the old nature. We just throw it off. I mean, change your clothes. <laughs> you know, get rid of the old dirty ways of thinking, the old dirty um, ways of communicating. You know, God's doing a work in me where I'm throwing off some old ways and making a, doing a new work in my heart. Um, at every stage, I was talking with somebody who's I've looked up to and has been a mentor to me for years and just talking about the challenges of, of the latter parts of life. It, ne it never becomes automatic. We're always growing. We're always learning. And we have to continually throw off. If you take a piece of metal, and if I bent this right here in the middle, and yet I bent it back out straight, if you put pressure on it, where is it going to bend? In the same place. Well, some of us deal with the same things over and over again. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we've, God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean we've missed it. It just means that we need to keep looking to the Lord and allowing the power of the cross to work in our lives to heal us in the areas of our weakness. So anyhow, he just walks through that and how we do that, how we put on the new nature to be the God-like nature is put on our new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then it just walks it out here, verse by verse. If you want to know how to be, how to be God-like, these are the verses that teach us how to do that. So let's pray, and then we will go. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for teaching us your ways. Thank you for teaching your design. Help us, Lord, in the areas that we need to grow. Help us to grow and be more like you, to be more Christ-like, to get rid of the bitterness and the anger and the rage, to get rid of the lustful thoughts and the, and the selfish ways and to take on the nature of Christ, to be a servant, to, uh, to deal in love with others, Lord. Teach us how to do that. We're crying out to you. We need you to help us do that, Lord. Those who have different thoughts and ways of doing things on the different side of the, the aisle politically or in, in denominationally or in the word, those who don't even believe, Lord, help us to love them the way you love them. And let our lives be the word to them, the word of love to each life. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for how you've taught us. I pray as, as these ladies go that they would be filled and energized with your word and with your truth. And that these, the truth of your word would be working in their hearts and their minds as they sleep tonight. And as they go forth tomorrow, that you, Holy Spirit, would bring forth to them revelation, knowledge, and insight that they've cried out for to you. In Jesus' name, take each one home safely. Amen. Amen.